1: And now, from Cigar Dojo Studio, Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Rass and Randy Griggs. Hey! Welcome back, Dojo! This is Randy Griggs. (laughs) I am joined by none other than Master Sensei himself, Erica Tormson. Thank you for joining me, Eric. We are kicking off another flavor odyssey episode here we are it's wednesday it's you and me we've got cigars we've got beverages it's going to be a wonderful
2: night how are you my friend i'm doing good my man i'm excited about this show uh it's been a it's it's you know I, I'll, I'll get into it i did have a little trouble with my planned pairing but i didn't even tell you in advance because i want you to react Naturally, to what I'm going to tell you when I get to the part of my pairing. But yes, I'm excited about the show. We've got right here, baby. Undercrown. Yeah. Shade. Shady. Should be wearing a little hat, a little shade hat. But um, we're gonna get, dive into this bad boy tonight, Ooh. Randall. Yeah, your autofocus works so much better than mine. Well, you great. know, <laughs> genetics. <laughs>
1: Randy, yeah, I know. I'm super excited. I love the shirt. Yeah. Oh, thank you, sir. I, I wore this one time for a dojo. Uh, you know, I, was, I was representing the dojo at an event uh, recently in uh, southern Florida. I got this. Uh, as, as, as one of my favorite movies said, if Tommy Bahama has a cult, I would join it. Uh, <laughs> it jumps uh, off yeah, the it, screen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. My wife always gives me a hard time. I, I literally wear four colors. I wear blue, gray, black, and white. That, that Ooh, is it. That is literally it. That's your palette. You're you're getting love for for your Thresher t shirt. I do love That's why he complimented
0: your shirt. I'm sure of it. No,
2: I like to draw attention to his own. Yeah. I like his (laughs) Randy's shirt, just jumps off the screen. Uh, Has anybody
0: ever been to JB Wakefield? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Can somebody uh, compliment my hat, maybe?
1: (laughs) Since you're wearing just a white, generic Mm -hmm. shirt, you thought you'd draw some attention to your hat? Welcome, welcome, Jordan. Oh! our, our super super producer does an amazing job if you if you like all the uh it, it, what did robbie tell me I, I have do? for randy's reads I, I have an instition interstition, interstition. Um, as oh can we get a screenshot of what eric's doing whatever that was <laughs> um <laughs> and uh yeah yeah so uh uh, excited about the group we have here tonight. Robbie Raz is uh, on assignment, uh, doing a little something on the road, so it's just the three of us tonight. But we're continuing on in our effort to talk about a perfect pairing for a shade wrapper. Yes. Um, and and we're going to do some some, uh, some pairings on on this four segment uh, journey or. Our uh, odyssey, if you will, mm-hmm. that uh, we think is going to be a little bit more off the beaten path. Again, we started last week with the Opus X, you know, talked about uh, what I think is easily recognized as the most famous shade uh, wrapped cigar in the world. You know, clearly not the highest selling as it's a very limited production product but but uh but one of, of great lore in the cigar industry and we will continue on tonight with with something a little bit more traditional a little bit more classic this is one of the top selling connecticut's in the premium section i i, I do make that distinction um uh fairly clearly as as we are smoking the drew estate under crown shade uh, uh cigar it is uh, a fabulous ecuadorian uh, connecticut shade talk a little bit uh more about what that means eric uh to be from both ecuador and connecticut mm, <laughs> and, yes. uh, which, 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 which is <laughs> a a little bit uh misleading in, in in some ways but uh but i personally did a little bit of uh, show research we'll see how it goes but uh wow. I, I found so, some exciting information about uh shade grown rapper and shade grown connecticut very specifically um Talk a little bit about the cigar. We'll talk about a pairings. I'm I'm a little bit scared about you saying that you went off um, the plan for, for yours because I totally pivoted on mine based on knowing what yours was supposed to be. So it'll be really interesting yes. since we both did something totally different than <laughs> what we talked about. Where, like it, we might literally have the same beverage. We we
2: talked we talked <laughs> about four it. hours ago, and everything was set. But yeah. uh, things did not go as planned, and so we'll get into that. But, um, yeah, uh, real quick, uh, studio audience tonight, we've got Scotty Band in the house, Trinity Cigar Lounge. We've got Matt Hall over there hanging out, uh, checking the comments, responding to you guys. If you guys are watching on Facebook or YouTube, uh, feel free to uh, chime in, of course. And uh, also uh, let us know what uh, if you guys were able to get the – the shade um, and what you're pairing it with, because we always like to uh, make Jordan. Maybe um, mm-hmm. if people do post their shade pairings, if they have an underground shade, uh, you should pick out one, two or three of those and then we save them. We'll talk about it. And then we could like it towards the end of the show. Maybe we could decide, like besides ourselves, who we thought. Who are the best audience pairing might might have been? Ooh, I like it. Let's do it. I let's like do it. let's do that. Um, so yeah, we'll do that to uh, Randy. So let's get right into it. Uh, what did you What did you go with?
1: So I went completely. If, if you tuned in for my live during uh, hockey playoffs, who did Who did thunk it? Uh, uh, I said I was going to go with a beer. I tried to find this very specific beer. I swung and missed. Couldn't find it. You told me this morning that you were also thinking of going beer, and so I wanted to give a little bit more, uh, okay, broader conversation, a little bit more depth. I ended up going completely off the reservation and went with a Kentucky mule. Ah, nice. Okay. Yes. So yes. tell
2: us about that particular Kentucky mule. What do? You, what's the bourbon in there?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I have here a Knob Creek um, nine year. Uh, this is a, a interesting one because I, I Jordan was really the one that told me that Knob Creek at one point had uh, used to use a aging um, uh, what Statement? is the term you use? A statement. Thank you. An age statement. They went away from that as as things were were moving around and the way they produce things. They've gone back to an age statement. And so this is a uh, Knob Creek nine year. I have a fresh squeezed lime in there and Fever Tree ginger beer. Wow, that sounds
2: delicious. That's,
1: it really, really is. It's <laughs> a really hot day. Here it's a, here a it's a mouth, big it's
2: yourself. a big drink. Pull that up once more. Let's see that one more time. Yeah, if you're listening on podcast, yeah, so, uh, you can't see it. But it looks like a Collins glass of some sort, right? I,
1: I, yep, yep. I have a highball or Collins glass here. This is three ounces of bourbon to uh, eight, uh, I think there are eight-ounce uh, bottles, uh, those Fever Tree ginger beers. And like I said, I, I figure, you know, that I hand-select all my limes, so I get a pretty consistent one ounce
2: of lime juice out of uh, a whole lime. All right. Um, so I told you earlier I was going to go nostalgic tonight, and I was going to uh, pair my shade with a beer uh, that everybody probably knows. Why can't I think of the name of it?
0: <laughs> Newcastle <laughs> oh, yeah. Brown Ale.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, it just, it was, I just lost it. was hoping we would tell you. I was going to go with a Newcastle Brown Ale. And remember, Randy, on the phone, I was like, gee, I haven't bought Newcastle in like eight years or ten years. It, do they still sell it at liquor stores? And you're like, oh, yeah, it's everywhere. And everywhere. I, I assumed you were 100% right. I'm I'm not making fun of you. But I, were, I, I could not get my hands on Newcastle. Like, it was nowhere. Darned. Like, that beer has fallen off the face of the planet. Not probably because it okay, sucks! Let, let, let
1: me just ask. <laughs> let yeah. me just ask something real quick, real quick. Did you – was the extent of your search – Yours and Jordan's refrigerators.
2: No. No, I actually went to <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I actually went to three liquor stores. Three wow, different liquor stores. Really? And these are big these are these were you know, these Buff aren't stores. just yeah. No, I wouldn't say that. They were more like specialty ish. And um I thought for sure the I mean these guys had tons and tons of beers. Nobody had it. Um huh. and I and then I asked the people and they're like, Oh yeah, we don't carry that anymore. And so then it got me to thinking like you know what happened to Newcastle? Um, does it did it fall? Matt, do you have a comment? I see you grabbing the microphone.
0: No, I was just going to add that yeah. I haven't seen Newcastle for at least six years, and I've looked for it.
2: Yeah, whoa, whoa. I think I think now there was this rumor going uh, around, Randy, that they colored their beer with some sort of fruit, food coloring or
0: something—caramel
2: coloring or something like that. Yeah, and and I was wondering. Was that, like, the end of of the line for Newcastle? What do you know? Here, here, look. I'll just really quick tell you what I know about Newcastle. It was, like, the first beer that I thought – this is back before all the craft craze. But it was, like, the first beer for me. It was, like – I remember Samuel Smith's Oatmeal Stout and Newcastle. And I remember thinking, like, wow, Newcastle, this is – this is so good. Like, it's just amazing. And I remember it had very, like, elegant bubbles. Like, the bubbles were, I don't know, more – I always thought they were more refined or something. And it just always mm-hmm. tastes so good out of the bottle. Like, sometimes you want to pour a beer into a glass, like I'm doing tonight. And I'll tell you my pairing in a second. But in, with Newcastle, I always like to it out of the bottle. But what happened to Newcastle? Do you know? Uh, apparently you don't know because you assumed there was going to be everywhere.
1: Well, yeah. I got a couple things to say about that. So uh, when, you, when you mentioned this morning um, that that was, the, you know, what you were kind of uh, uh, leaning towards, I really liked the pairing. Made me want to switch to something, like you said, a little bit more uh, – give a more diverse variance between our parents, because I was going to go beer before you said that. I love the idea of going with, it's a Southern English brown. It's a little bit sweeter. It has that that English uh, yeast, which gives that rounder, more full-bodied character. And, you know, you and I both kind of, you know, talked about the nostalgia of, you know, for those of us that got into uh, full-flavored beers and migrated away from those domestic craft or domestic loggers uh, in the, early thousands all the way until the early 2010s uh, really as a country we mostly drank imported beer right yeah uh, it was germany and england and belgium that were the like the masters of of this uh artisanal beer movement that america just hadn't quite caught up with you know we were starting to see brew pubs uh around but there was less than 2000 uh breweries in america uh in 2010 and so, uh, it, it was, it, you know, there was Sierra Nevada, there was Oscar Blues. Uh, you know, there, there's a couple larger breweries, but they weren't as well distributed as we know them to be today. And so uh, imported beers is really the go to for guys like us who are looking for something a little bit more full flavor. And so Newcastle reigned supreme for a long time. Uh, uh, you know, Samuel Smith's was actually a little bit off the beaten path. You had to really be like in yeah. the know to, to be drinking something like that. Um, I, I will tell you that um, Newcastle uh, is a Heineken brand. And one of the things that I always uh, tell people about Heineken, there's a couple different ways of people say they're like the number one beer in the world. Heineken has the uh, title of being the most distributed uh, brewery brand in the world. And that's based on how many countries they're actually distributed in. So don't sell more beer than any brewery in the world, um, but they're, they're more widely available. What I would say, honestly, about, um, about your lack of ability to find Newcastle is actually I mean I'm going to throw three bullet points at you. Number one, you said it yourself, and I've been beer shopping with you. You go to specialty markets, you go to markets that you know the import craze is over. You know the American craft, you know boom has happened, and now there's this crowded market of all these craft beers, and so imports have just lost a lot of yeah, their luster. Yeah. We don't need we don't need these imported beers. We can get equally or better beer source locally, which, you know, is important to a lot of people, especially the type of people that drink craft beer. So just just the lack of, uh, of demand for it ha- has reduced greatly. Specialty stores want to focus more on local. Here's another bullet point for you. You live in one of the most populated and heightened and mature craft beer markets in the world. Uh, Colorado, Portland, and San Diego for the longest time were the three... The big three if you will as far as craft beer markets like those were the first markets that really adopted local breweries uh breweries were were popping up on every darn uh, you know in every neighborhood within you know the greater denver and 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 fort collins areas and so uh so it makes actually some sense that in a, in a heightened craft beer market like where you live, uh, you'd find the same thing in Portland. You're, it's it's going to be harder to find a Budweiser in Portland than in any other city in the world. That's a fact. Uh, like Budweiser is just like thought of as just like, oh, God, you're drinking that? Where, where most places it's still just like, well, it's not sophisticated, but no one likes sh- shames you for drinking it right Right. Um, and then on top of that to your whole caramel coloring thing I I think I've heard that Heineken's had some different things happen over the years I think we've talked about it more Um, MGD was one Heineken was one where um, that skunk uh, character you know Newcastle was one of those brands we've talked about it actually with Samuel Smith's as they've gone from clear glass to amber glass Uh, Newcastle always was in clear glass Again, the liquid has this beautiful amber, brownish hue. It's yeah. it's physically attractive liquid, and so they wanted to you know market that by putting it in a clear bottle. Um, but allowing UV light in through clear glass is actually bad for beer. It creates a skunking uh, flavor. So they started doing their twelve packs fully enclosed. Then they started using um, hop extracts, which prevent the skunking. People you know thought they were cheating plus it's a brand that's owned by heineken so it's you know a big brand and you you know so it's kind of anti-craft in in some people's minds i still have a lot of respect for it like you you know it was one of those first beers that really like made me realize what what beer could taste like you know you know if if high life and budweiser is is the uh style that you're uh, you're going for what style is randy going for <laughs> <laughs> does he mean like fashion wise yeah, I, so. I think so it's it's fashion huh yeah yeah my my style is unique chad to chad uh it's it, that's that's all i can say about myself so uh i i've talked long enough we're, we're waiting for the big reveal Eric, all right what's your parent?
2: so i i stuck with the nostalgia theme because i i had I kind of wanted to do something nostalgic, and I couldn't get Newcastle, so Randy, I went with the Dogfish Head 90 Minute
0: Looks IPA. Different. They, they do put it's in a
2: different bottle or a different mark, packaging now. Um, but this wow. was a, this was another one way back where I was like, wow, like oh man, you get your hands on the 90. And there's like the 120 was really hard to get, and then the 90, and then of course the 60 was is easier to get. But so Imperial IPA. So um, it's it's more syrupy, uh, sweeter, a lot more caramel. It's not in the range, uh, obviously, of the Newcastle, but it does bring me back, you know, eight years uh, to when I first started kind of, you know, getting into different sort of more crafty style beers. Can I just say I'm proud of you?
1: Sure. That you just went syrupy, caramelly. I, I I love the adjectives that you threw out for that beer. I could uh, I'd love to talk a little bit about your your beer if you don't mind at some point here. Um, the, you know I what? There's, the nothing bad,
2: there's nothing better. There's nothing better than talking to Randy about beer when he does not know what he, does, he doesn't have time to prepare, and you and you just you know you say Randy um, uh, Miller High Life, and you just like ramble on for like thirty five minutes about <laughs> Miller High Life. Like that's oh, to we- me, that's <laughs> that's living. Like when we're, we're traveling yeah. and we just we just hit you with some sort of beer <laughs> and you just ramble on for thirty five minutes. I, it's amazing. So, so, um, well,
1: well, picking dogfish head, you, you, you pushed yeah. the button right there, man. I, okay. I, I right. it's a, it's an amazing story. The sixty, ninety, and 120 IPAs really is a really fun story. It's a, it's a really fun brewery. Sam Calgion that owns dogfish head is a pioneer in the craft beer industry. He, like li- literally not, not only in the beers that he's made and the techniques that he's developed and pioneered he but he literally wrote literally wrote the laws in delaware uh creating um more uh capitalistic opportunities for breweries to open in his home state of delaware um and 90 minute is will in my opinion forever be on the map as a uh, as a quintessential pioneering brand and, and and a trailblazer for what imperial ipa uh can be um, and so, uh, so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Let's, uh, we, we've got some housekeeping. I got some things to okay. m- make sure we're, we're covering off on as we, as we get the show started, um, all this chit chat between you and I. we've failed to even mention if you're watching us on facebook please hit the like button hit the share button share it on on your feed we really appreciate that spread the word if you're watching on youtube we really appreciate it we're excited about being on that platform smash the like button subscribe to the channel hit notifications starting this week actually i I meant to mention on monday i'm so proud of our our producer jordan and eric for that matter because he helped facilitate the whole thing but uh but but you'll start to see some more uh videos coming out on YouTube. YouTube that you won't see on uh facebook we're we're going to be producing some segments some uh some We've got some other ideas, some reveal videos, if you will, uh, that, that are going to be hitting YouTube. So if you're not following us on YouTube, you're going to miss out on some unique and uh, and exclusive content that we're looking to uh, release on YouTube as we continue to push um, our brand on, on that medium and on that ch- uh, f- platform. So uh, please hit the notification button so that you can be involved in the show because that's what we're all about here at Dojo is... Community and your guys' involvement. It's what we do. Exactly. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So, um, so all that being said, uh, we'll get back to our parents yeah. here in a bit. I wanted to talk. I uh, wanted to tell you a little bit about my research on shade-grown tobacco. Eric. Shade-grown
2: um, tobacco. It's grown in the shade. Exactly. It's <laughs> grown in the shade. <laughs> it's amazing. People
1: thought that you needed sunlight to grow plants, but lo and behold. <laughs> Okay, you do need some. Just not as much as you a, a little bit. <laughs> a little, little, bit. little bit. Well, well, real quick before we do yeah. that, Jordan, are you joining us for the pairing? Is this me and Eric? Well, What's yeah, thanks you? for you asking. Pairing, my
0: friend. Uh, I also kind of wanted to go nostalgic. This is separate of Sensei. He wasn't even over here. And I had this uh, – I thought I was being super original by going beer. And apparently you were going to go beer too. Uh, so none of us were very original – uh, but I went with this uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> uh, as we all know, it's about fourteen point two percent ABV. Uh, <laughs> classic, heavy hitter here. Uh, so yeah,
2: Jordan, what what made you uh, pick the Blue Ribbon?
0: Uh, well, you know, it's 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 a clean lager, refreshing. Connecticut's uh, can be re- quite refreshing as well, and. Uh,
2: I uh, think that's actually that's a pretty that's good it. pick. I, I think that's a pretty good pick, especially because, you know, like uh, we're coming up on summertime. This, the temperatures are, are starting to rise up. And let's face it, man, sometimes, sometimes the best beer, Randy, is just a cheapy, you know, can of cold Pabst Blue Ribbon or something else cheap, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, I, I'll be honest. If I hadn't already paired uh connecticut shade with a pilsner like four other times in the, in previous episodes now uh i think pilsner quell was probably w- um, the, the one that had occurred to me that i was i was thinking about going out and grabbing but i feel like i've probably done that pairing uh not with this specific cigar but with a shade connecticut and so i just wanted to give a little bit nice get it jordan uh so <laughs> <Yeah>. i thought, <laughs> <laughs> Again, you, you know, and, and, and just just in case, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching the show and and, and you're new to Flavor Odyssey and, you, and you're uh, not familiar with what we do here, the idea of these episodes is we choose a cigar or a beverage for that matter. We go back and forth in these segments, but we choose, you know, we do segments of four shows. We choose a common theme and and we all smoke the same thing or we drink the same thing and each one of us bring our own other element to the pairing to talk about. You know, giving everybody an understanding, ourselves included, we, you know, we do this for a living, literally. And and, and I would say that, that, that well, you know, I, I have presented myself as an expert. I think I have a little uh, lower third that Jordan throws up every once in a while that says I'm a, a beer expert. I also consider myself a student. I, I'm, I'm always looking for an aha moment. I'm always looking to help other people find an aha moment of, of putting flavors together that just work, that just click. And, and, and sometimes there's not even the right words for it. You just, you sense it. It's like, oh man, these are just these are really hitting right now. You know, these these are working well together. They're creating, you know, one of my favorite terms on this show is, is uh, you know, a sum greater than uh, that of its parts. I, I said that wrong. Uh, but, 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 you, something you, like unless that. you know something like that, um, where, 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 you know, you can have a great beverage, you can have a great cigar, but together you actually get a, like, a heightened experience by right. putting them together and pairing them. You know. So, well, uh, you gotta, you, you
0: gotta, so I, sometimes, you know, we get so bougie on the, on, with with cigars and and cocktails and stuff like you should never be so uh you know so posh that you can't just go bring it back down to just like Joe Six pack level and just enjoy you know a cheap beer.
2: Yeah, I mean for the longest time like Great point. We, we used to always say like uh the dojo was like for for Joe Six pack, yeah. you know, and yep. and I think that's a good point Jordan is like um, um yeah, um, like you know, you, oh, I'm going to have uh what was that sambuca or whatever you know with uh, coffee beans placed in? You know, and that's fine. There's nothing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, there's also that time, and a lot of times, especially in the summer, you know, man, crack a beer and uh, and yeah. and have a cigar. And some beers, as as we've found out with Flavor Odyssey, go much better with cigars than others. We're gonna find out tonight how these do. But uh, ain't nothing wrong with a good cheap uh, cheap beer there. So good good pick, Jordan. No.
1: I agree to, to that matter. I mean, it, when, when I say I, I got a Knob Creek nine year, I mean this is a Costco bottle selection, thirty three bucks for a one point seven five liter. I, uh, I, I, I'm drinking what I would consider a pretty darn good bourbon at an incredible value purchase, you know, by, by getting it at, at, at Costco. The cigar we're smoking right here uh, can range anywhere from seven a little over seven and a quarter to nine dollars depending on uh if you're buying it uh a single a five pack or, or or a box so so the the price point on this cigar i i a premium premium cigar by the way this is a first time i've had one in a little while to be honest and and already i'm 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 surprised almost as you know when i taste this that this that i have that i've let so much time go by since i had one of these this is a solid solid cigar and um, as I said on my uh, live video, I don't know if you saw it, Eric, but I was talking about the underground line in general. You know, we, we, we reference in such uh, reverence when we talk about the Maduro because that was the first one that came. And, you know, it's, it's, it's that wonderful lore uh, story from Drew Estate when in, in the days where Liga Pravada was— uh, in, in such high demand, and in, and they just could not get their hands on enough tobacco to make them. They actually had to um, restrict the galleria, the the rollers of the cigar. You know, for those that don't know, that haven't visited a, a cigar um, a factory, such as uh, La Gran Fabrica uh, Drew Estate in Nicaragua, uh, if you're a cigar smoker, you're a cigar roller, you have pretty much carte blanche just to roll yourself up a, a cigar. I mean, and just smoke cigars all day long while you're sitting at your rolling bench. And because the Broadleaf specifically was in such high demand and in such low volume quantity, they actually had to put a restriction on the rollers and tell them we can't have you guys smoking the Ligas like like there's we, we've got an order for a hundred million of these things and we can make about 5,000. Uh, we, we, we need you guys to like uh, uh, refrain from making it. So that the, as the lore goes, uh, the underground Maduro was actually blended by the, by the rollers on the, the rolling floor at La Gran Fabrica and, uh, and, you know, you know so someone was smart enough to pick up, you know, what the workers were, were smoking, light it up and say, well, what, what do we have here? And realize that they had really done something special with a lot of the same ingredients that they were using in Liga minus the uh, Connecticut Broadleaf. You know the the San Andreas I believe is a is a the binder on the Liga nine uh, they use that as the wrapper. you know they they, ju- they just kind of reinvented a similar blend that was going to give them a similar experience and uh, it 's become what I would assume i haven 't checked with uh, with Jack and the boys back at Drew Estate to find out what the actual like uh, sales analytics are but I, but i would I would go so far as to say the Crown line has become one of the most important lines. In the premium side of the uh, Drew Estate portfolio in general. Uh, and, and as we've seen, they've had uh, numerous releases after the Maduro. And then then came the Shade. Then the Sun Grown, which was a, a Cigar of the Year uh, um, uh, pick for Drew Estate. or I'm sorry, for Cigar Dojo a few years back. Um, obviously, the very first Cigar Dojo. Uh, collaboration ever was the dogma vitola of the maduro and then that was followed up a couple years ago you guys did the uh, the sun-grown dogma uh, which was a, a huge success really fun unique vitola uh, great flavor profile on that one but um something else that, that i find interesting that the construction uh, uh of juristate uh, and and I've we won't get into this Eric so don't do it to me uh, but if you make it to cigar safari uh, which I, I haven't got the opportunity to do there is a long ash competition and historically it's always done with uh, the shade cigar so if you if you if you're so inclined to stack them dimes uh, this is a great cigar the construction the the uh, tobacco's selection in this really allow for um, some really significant uh, long ash competition opportunities in general. But uh, but real quick, just, you know, I'm talking so much about, about the uh, story of it. Um, what what we have here is an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper over a Sumatra binder, a Dominican Criollo, Criollo I'm sorry, a Dominican Criollo 98 and Nicaraguan Corojo and Criollo long fillers. Um, and so... Again a lot of cigars are uh, a lot of tobaccos that have uh, a medium to medium plus uh, body flavor uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the difference of Connecticut shade grown in Ecuador uh, ver- versus in Connecticut and uh, as the show goes along and why why these flavors all work together uh, but before we do that I wanted to tell you Eric because I was when you were talking before I was actually reminded of something mm. Tonight, we step out of the light and into the shade. The Undercrown Shade. Tonight's second installment of the fifth season of your favorite cigar pairing show is featuring a masterpiece of a cigar from our show's sponsor, Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the brand that brings you some of the most delicious tasty cigars in all of the world. And has a portfolio that covers the full spectrum of flavor, so much so that they have a cigar for every smoker and every occasion. Please, support everything Drew Estate does by following them on all social media platforms at Drew Estate. And ask for them at a brick and mortar near you. Now, while Drew Estate keeps the lights on here at Dojo Studios, what would a cigar pairing show be without cigars? Every cigar smoked here on Flavor Odyssey is sponsored by our good friends at In. Don't miss out Premium Cigar Experience with their courteous and knowledgeable staff and over 600 of the world's finest brands to choose from within Florida's largest walk-in humidors. Drop by any one of their 11 brick and mortar locations or visit them online at SmokeIn.com.
2: Wow, that that was intense! (laughs) Goodness, (laughs) I feel like I need to go take Uh, a Benadryl.
0: Randy, do you like? Do you get into the music now that there's some music behind you? You can really. (laughs) (laughs)
2: No, I think it got him too Uh, excited. Maybe he was so
0: excited. It was
1: great. It was great. It it might it might have been. You know what? I'm feeling punchy. I'm wearing the bright shirt i'm feeling good man it's a it's a great day so uh so so real quick let, let's just finish up you know before we really start getting into our pairings we'll do a round robin i'll give you guys a chance to talk a little bit about your pairings uh but i i, I talked a little bit about the shade growing uh, the shade growing uh techniques uh yes. last week on the show when we were talking about opus x and and you know it's a cheesecloth uh cover um, uh, and now it's actually polyester is is a common one, different polys. Uh, basically, it's a filtration. Again, and I talked about it last week, you've talked about the same seed growing in the same area. Under more sun, it's going to be a shorter plant. It's going to have larger leaves, they're going to be thicker, they're going to have larger veins. Uh, shade growing is very specifically for wrapper growth. Um, so if, if your sun is sun grown, uh, tobacco crop is going to produce about 70% binder and filler quality tobacco to 30% wrapper, and when you when you shade and, and cover the entire crop, you're going to get the exact inverse uh, uh, result in in your crop. So you're going to end up with about 70% shade and 30% uh, binder filler quality tobacco, and you know it's kind of funny to me because they use the, the term quality and. and And I think it can be a little bit misguiding. This is all very high quality, but but they're so specific about exactly what leaves are adequate for serving which roles of the three major parts of filler, binder, wrapper, that it takes a very, very special, unique, uh, small segment of the crop to be wrapper leaf. Uh, So elasticity is part of it. That it can, you know, be somewhat stretched, so you have that nice, uh, clean, smooth body to a cigar is necessary for the wrapper. You want thinner veins, you know. Again, when you, you know, other than when you're looking at a broadleaf and you expect it to be rough and rugged and have those thick veins, you know, you're typically expecting this to be a pretty smooth outer, um, outer. Uh, you know, uh, sheath, if you will, to, to the cigar yeah. <laughs> sheath. outer sheath. New hashtag, hashtag
0: new hashtag, new shirt, outer <laughs> sheath <hashtag that> works. <laughs> Sounds a little well, provocative that. or Get something. You. I don't know. <laughs> Give you a
1: chance to take a drop of the cigar, so that worked out. Um, so, so, uh, so Connecticut shade uh, is, is such a famous one. You know, in the, in the early 1600s, Dutch settlers, you know, got to the Connecticut River Valley and started planting. Uh, Cuban seed tobacco. Through um, selection, by the 1630s, they had locked in and started calling it Connecticut Shade. Again, you know, so, something that uh, that I, I don't know is super common knowledge. You know, we see the term a lot, Eric, uh, Cuban seed. And and we see that in a lot of marketing. And I, I found out uh, with you, actually, you know, working with um, – to understand uh, C- Cuban seed denotion better with uh, Raphael Nodel, who's uh, with Altidus. And it, m- my understanding is uh, from seven to nine crops is about as many times as you can um, harvest, replant, harvest, replant, harvest, replant. Once you get past nine generations, you can no longer call it Cuban seed it's now taken on attributes of the local terroir it's changed it's it's no longer a cuban uh seed product it's now like native uh of of you know where you're growing your crop and so um so that's where really really where where connecticut shade comes from it was originally a cuban seed that that took on these native uh attributes and you know in a lot of cases they'll once it it veers away from that original cuban flavor profile they'll rip all that up they'll get new cuban seeds and they'll replant their crop so that they can stay with that like a, that original um uh, characteristic that they had originally brought over from cuba um but uh connecticut had such great loamy soil it's a glacier created valley that is very very uh, humid and and is a is a great micro region for tobacco specifically and so it was determined all the way way back then that uh that we don't want to replant with new seeds we like this new attribute of our of our new uh connecticut river valley and and so born was the connecticut seed shade Um, As as we know, you know, labor in America is so much more expensive, Uh, 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 other processing, fermentation costs in America are so expensive. Uh, they, they saw other places that they could grow and still have those attributes. Uh, we've talked many times about Ecuador and what it brings. You know, uh, Ecuador has 32 uh, active volcanoes. It has um, a natural shade cover, uh, uh, I'm sorry, cloud cover, so much so that they actually refer to it as the cloud forest in certain regions, at certain altitudes on the uh, on, in the country of Ecuador during the the growing season for tobacco specifically there's just always clouds in the sky it's just a fog that lasts for five six months and it creates this natural shade cover without having to deploy these canopies and these uh, cheesecloth covers that we've talked about that we use to identify shade grown and so uh so Ecuador's really become, and, and I've always really enjoyed, there's this uh, like local Ecuadorian uh, old adage that if you break off, that, that the land is so fertile with the 32 active volcanoes that there's constantly ash falling from the sky and, and actually driving this mineral-rich um uh fertilization basically of the soil there and it's such fertile soil that they l- literally have an old saying that if you broke off a broom handle and stuck it in the ground in ecuador next season you'll have a whole crop of broom handles <laughs> 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 like literally everything just grows uh well in ecuador and so um but but the flavor difference that you're going to get from uh, an american connecticut grown Connecticut shade versus an Ecuadorian grown Connecticut shade. Ecuador does have um, more fertile soil. There is a little more sun because it isn't uh, covered by canopy. So it ends up being a little bit darker in color, a little bit more richer and fuller in flavor, a little bit more fuller body. So if you're comparing uh, Connecticut grown Connecticut shade and Ecuadorian Connecticut shade, those, those are the main uh, li- li- like uh, variances that, that you can expect to see.
2: Wow. Randy, very nice. Really, really covered that very well. Uh, Well,
0: And and also (laughs) they sort of uh, laid the groundwork for like what Florida is doing in terms of like with Connecticut. They didn't like have a proprietary name on that or anything. So Ecuadorian it's just Ecuadorian, Connecticut. They can use that. Uh, Whereas Florida like learned from that and they were like uh, set it up to where if, you know if Florida tobacco ever did take off that they couldn't just be used in any other country with that name whereas Connecticut could just be Ecuador is just free to say we Ecuador and Connecticut
1: oh so you're saying that if they start growing Florida seed in Ecuador they'd have to say Ecuadorian flor Floridian have, I seed? don't know is they, that <laughs> they wouldn't be
0: able to use that term I guess
1: huh interesting I didn't know that borsuwitz really has uh, has a uh, done a good job down there locking up that, uh, that Florida
2: market, huh? <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: So Randy, uh, uh, most people, you know, with uh, especially Ecuadorian Connecticut cigars, uh, yep. they've for years and years and years had a certain flavor profile. And that was, uh, you know, usually had a little bit of bitterness to it. it. had hay kind of flavors to it, grassy sort of flavors to it. That's what everybody expected out of Connecticut's for so long. But in the last you know ten to fifteen years that's changed quite a bit um, Now you get Connecticut's that are, are, are you know obviously they were more mild back in the day now they're they're stronger you get a lot more sweetness in them they're pushing the you know <laughs> companies like tatawahe Davidoff these guys they're using San Andreas uh, binders to kind of bring sweetness into that um, into that flavor profile. This particular scar, the Drew Estate Underground Shade, does that very, very well uh, in that this isn't an overly hayy smoke. There's a lot of umami in this. There is a little bit of the bitterness that you would expect with this wrapper. It definitely um, starts that way. It de- definitely starts that way. But then you do get into this a little bit more savory notes, um, uh, maybe sourdough bread, um, that kind of thing, a little, a little bit of tartness to it even. And um, so I'll get into my pairing um, since I think we're at that at that stage. Here's the thing. I think that my Newcastle would have been perfect, or yeah. even better yet, if I had thrown away the nostalgia and just gone with a Weldworks Juicy Bits. Um, oh. I think that would have been a really, really good pairing. This is a good pairing, but it's not a great pairing because the uh, the 90-minute, the dog Dogfish Head 90-minute, while it's it's really good, it has the bitter finish to it. And sure. And, and that's sort of bringing in the bitterness to the cigar that I prefer not to have that much of. So, like, yeah. the combination of the two are good until the aftertaste. The aftertaste brings in just too much bitterness. I think if I would have had that juicy um, from Weldworks or some other maybe juicy IPA um, with a little bit of the citrus note instead of that bitter finish, it would have been much, much better. If I had to give this a thumbs up or thumbs down, and I'm not gonna yet. Like, but right now where I'm at, um, it's it's hovering. I'm waiting to see. We've got we've still got 15 minutes in the show, Jordan. But mm. but right now, here's here's my here's uh. my thumb. My thumb. It doesn't really quite know what to do because I'm a little <laughs> like nervous. Gladiator. I'm a little nervous that because I love the cigar. And by the way, Joaquin uh, Special thanks to Scotty band. We only smoke cigars that come from Smoke Inn, and he just happened to have four of these from Smoke Inn in his, in his humidor. And, and we didn't have any. We smoked them all. So uh, Scotty Braban brought over um, these. And what is this, Scotty? Is this uh, <laughs> Is this— What size is this, Scotty? Is this a— uh,
0: I like
2: is, this size. Is this a—, is this a is so the It's not So they technically
1: call
0: day. it the Corona,
1: but okay. it's the same size as the Corona Viva in the Underground Maduro. They're the same size,
2: although in okay. the shade they call it the Corona I think Scott you picked this is a great size of this cigar. I don't think I've ever had this size I love this. Size. The shade. The, I love this. This size. might be the best this might be the best version of the Underground Shade. It is really good. This cigar is everything that I want uh, Randy in the Underground Shade. It has it doesn't taste like your typical, you know, hayy grassy um, Connecticut shade. It's got that like I said that savory note and but a part of it might i mean i've always liked this cigar but jordan this particular size is really good
0: yeah uh starts out classic Connecticut bitter um just fine uh but it's it, it really evolves pretty quickly in a half inch inch in with um some like Nilla wafer kind of a uh, sweetness to it uh toasted bread a touch of like nuts like buttered nuts but very subtle um Super tasty.
2: Hashtag touch of nuts. N- <laughs> no,
1: no I, 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 lo- I love your description. You, 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 you jumped in there, you know, and it's interesting because I'm smoking the Toro. Uh, so thank you guys for, for talking a little bit about your Vitola specifically because I, 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 am, I am varied from you a little bit on okay. some of the flavors that you're getting. I'm getting a much deeper um, peanut. Like I would say mm. it's very specifically peanut. That's good. Um, yeah. Nuttiness. Uh, I, I would go. I loved the vanilla wafers. That was I was dead on, uh, 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 Jordan. Because I was thinking graham cracker, but not quite graham cracker. Vanilla mm-hmm. wafer nails it. Oh. It's because uh, a graham crackers a little bit richer. Uh, you you yeah. know, I, I I tend to think uh, not it's cinnamony. More and, and I, uh, right, right. A little bit sweeter from the graham cracker. Vanilla wafer is is. Similar in, in that flavor, but a little bit milder, a l- little bit less richness in the vanilla wafer. I love that uh, that adjective, that 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 connection on, on this. But I get a much more. Uh, I, I do feel like based on your guys's uh, descriptions, I'm getting a little bit richer, a little bit nuttier version. Um, I, I I do get a, a, a slight woodiness. I do get some nice white pepper. Uh, on, on the retro hill, which you guys didn't mention, I don't know if it was. Uh, uh, I was gonna uh, mention that. Energy. I didn't want to leave too many notes, but
0: yeah, there there is that for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, which is nice. It's a, it, like I like peppery in my cigars, uh, and and for this flavor profile, like red pepper flakes that uh, we've talked about, or black pepper would be almost off-putting based on the rest of the flavor profile yeah. here I think like the the the, the yeah I remember the, last the white, week Randy white, we sm- we pepper. smoked the uh, oh. Opus
2: X and it was so much that crushed red pepper flavor crushed red pepper so the totally you know a different type of pepper in this particular Indeed. cigar but so far to this point um, with you know five to ten minutes left in the show how are you feeling about uh, your Kentucky mule uh, pairing I
1: really appreciate that you're playing the Robbie Raz role, making sure that I don't turn this into a three hour uh, <laughs> escapade of what I know. Um, and, uh, and so. So, yeah. no. So. So for me, um, while you're wavering with, a, with sound, what feels like is just eventually going to be a meh uh, pairing grade um, with, with, with that Nilla wafer, with that light pepper, with that nuttiness, um I, I am finding an incredible pairing that that there's just enough of that lime citrus and enough of that bite from the from the ginger beer. I haven't said thumbs up yet, Jordan. <laughs> uh, that, that that it's creating a really nice juxtaposed uh, character on on on, the, on my palate. And, and again, going a full three ounces of the bourbon you get a really like strong bourbon flavor in in this version of, of the meal that i've put together here and and so it's i feel like the bourbon's like a prominent flavor characteristic but 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 subdued enough to be this great pairing with that like subtle richness that i'm finding that nuttiness that i'm finding in the cigar with that lime and and ginger bite uh, giving kind of that contrasting characteristic to really allow the the this melding of that Nilla wafer, that breadiness, that toasted bread character um, from the cigar, and the bourbon flavor itself, that pure bourbon flavor. Um, are, are, they're pairing perfectly. I feel like the the citrus is like almost muting any potential bitterness, and I get no mm-hmm. hay or. or um, on this this is a i'm really digging the toro i'm glad you guys are enjoying the corona of of atola but i i I get a feeling just from you the way you guys have described it that the toro has a little bit more depth of flavor a little bit more richer expression of this blend um that's going literally perfectly with 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 my kentucky mule and, and and since jordan wanted to Push me to it. I'll go ahead and give it a thumbs up right here. Right
2: thumbs then. up for Randall. I that's a. I, I do think that you you have a really good uh, you have a really good pairing there. I kind of wish I was drinking uh, the Kentucky Mule. I'd say if I if I could just pick any pairing now. You know, it's it's always different, Randy. Like we think about that. You think about the pairing. This is actually maybe something that we really haven't talked about that much in all of the seasons of Flavor Odyssey. And I'll get your comment on this in Jordan's too. Um, it's so interesting when you're thinking. Through the week, and I usually start thinking about this on like Monday, um, what I'm going to pair with the cigar, like, um, and I'll even like like sometimes at night I'll just be laying there in bed, just <laughs> thinking about the, thinking about the pairing that I'm going to do on the show. Um, and I love you for that. And then and then when <laughs> you're when you're doing the actual pairing and you've made your pick, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, then you start to think of these other things that you kind of wished you would have gone with if. I, I, assuming that the pairing maybe isn't the best already, right? Like, like for in my case, I don't think I picked the best pairing. And um, so now, as I'm sitting here, I can imagine this cigar going fantastic with like a cappuccino or a latte, like a, oh. a, a hot version oh, of that. Yeah. Like I can, I can see this because that I think the sweetness of the chocolate would play mm-hmm. so nice with that Nilla wafer flavor that you guys have talked about, and even oh. the kind of nuttiness. Um, I think that would be a fantastic pairing, like, in the coffee realm. Jordan, what do you you think about the idea, just real quick before you go too far on that, what do you think about the idea of, of, isn't it interesting how you think about the pairing in advance, but then as soon as you're doing it?
0: Well, I kind of, I'm a little more jazz. I kind of just, like, shit. Like, 15 minutes before the show, I'm like... And a bit of this. What, what free what cigars free- do I have? <laughs> <laughs> no, I already have the cigar, it's free. Oh, that's right. That's I could right. see uh I was contemplating uh Italian cream soda. Mm. I think that might be a little too sweet. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but still you know, that sounds good, actually. You know actually. what would be good is uh just like a Serona.
2: Mm. Straight up like, You get the chocolate like, there, like almondy, almond-y chocolate. Of,
0: uh, f- oh, I, I don't like know about it. chocolate, but uh that almondy kind of sweetness going with this. Yeah. I could,
2: now, I Randy, let that. me push you a little. I, I I know you love your pairing, but as you're doing the pairing now, uh, and you've already given it a thumbs up, so we know you like this pairing. But as you're doing the pairing now, can you think of a couple other things that you think, wow, this this cigar would really match well with something, you know, this or that?
1: Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a victim of recency bias here. I, you, you said cappuccino. I mean, I couldn't agree more. That th- this is a amazing uh uh milk uh edition coffee so a latte or a cappuccino both would make uh fantastic ones i commented to you this morning when you mentioned uh uh the newcastle that i had thought uh brown ale i I had actually said that on on the monday live i think a little bit of sweetness yeah um it w- would really benefit the cigar, which which I think everything that we've said it checks that box of adding yeah. a little bit of sweetness. Cappuccino is going to have a little sweetness. Lattes going to have a little sweetness, but but you have to be careful. You know, you could very easily overpower it. Well, well, yeah. I I use the term rich on this cigar, the intensity is medium plus, period. No higher than medium plus. It's medium plus, which is nice, better than than a, a, a low intensity or medium cigar because that's going to get run over by virtually 80% of the things we typically like to drink. Um so so I think that this has enough uh, you know girth to it if you will to mm. to, to be able to pair against Hashtag some outer sheath cool girth.
0: F- <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh to 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 pair with, with with some things that that are that are pretty intensely flavored like like yeah. the coffee. I, I I like the the, the uh, Italian cream soda uh reference from from Jordan um come up with something that you guys haven't already said um i I had originally tried to order a a coconut brown ale i thought coconut could be a a nice character that um a a flavor that if not overdone this cigar could like kind of pick up i almost feel like what are the things that they always say that like um like tofu tastes like the things that you are eating with it right like it it adapts to the other things like like i feel like if there was some coconut in my beverage i I, i'd continue to taste the coconut in the cigar the cigar wouldn't like overrun that coconut it would linger on the palate and continue to be part of the flavor experience whether i was smoking first or drinking first um uh so, so obviously I mean it's it's very versatile yeah. uh, versatile is is a word I would use for this cigar because I think it could go with whole yeah. range we've just we've just covered uh, you know quickly here a whole range of non-alcoholic alcoholic beer spirits, cocktails, yeah. sodas um, I, I think it's a very versatile cigar you know as long as you're mindful not to j- just completely overpower it with your beverage I think there's a lot of things that you could do with this cigar to have a really enjoyable experience.
2: All right. Before we get to our audience pairings, and we'll pick, uh, we'll, well, we'll sort of, we'll, I don't know if we'll pick it, but we'll, we'll review a few of those uh, real quick. But before we get to that, let's me and Jordan let's go ahead and do ours. Um, yep. Th- this uh, the Dogfish ninety uh, minute Imperial IPA has the sweetness and the syrupy that I want with this pairing. Unfortunately, it ends with such a bitter note. You know, had that hoppy bitter note that it sort of pulls out from the cigar that the bitter part that i'm liking that the cigar doesn't normally really have that much of so it's drawing out a flavor in this pairing that isn't that great and so for that i'm going to give my own pairing a big thumbs down cigar is great the beer is great together they don't complement each other they don't make for a better pairing the sum of these two is less than their parts uh, and so thumbs down for me jordan how is your pbr
0: um it's pretty good uh the, the you know the body matches perfectly i would say the you know it's not like one of those things where they're like both elevating each other into this new f- combination that's better than the sum of the the parts but i think matt said it in the comments best is like this is like an uh, upgraded uh mineral water like you know you, you drink mm. a mineral water with your cigar because it's refreshing and it's clean and that's what the beer is but it's just got a, it's you know there's not too much flavor going on there it's just, it's just it's pbr there's like maybe a touch of like maltiness to it but it's it's a sensation that you're getting it's the nice refreshing the the coldness of the drink the carbonation um mm. and it doesn't just dis- distract from the cigar at all uh, i would technically want to give this like a medium thumb but um you know what? I would, I would do this again in a heartbeat, and I would recommend it to somebody easily. So I guess I'll go thumbs up on this one.
2: Thumbs up. There All right. Go. So Jordan, you'd say, but in in a it, it, probably with some parentheses, like, yeah, um, it's, it's not like yeah, it's,
0: crazy pairing or anything. But like this is,
2: it's a solid pairing. It's
0: Solid. It works. Yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, let's get to some audience, Jordan. Do we? How many do well, we get? I.
0: I only found three. That's fine. Uh, Three's perfect. Three's perfect. Um, so we got uh, T Town Trucker says uh, paired it with a vanilla mocha several times. It's fantastic.
2: Vanilla mocha. Now, okay, boom. There you go. That he he picked the one that we were sort of just um, a minute ago alluding to with with the cappuccino, Randy, or or the latte. Sort those types of flavors. Uh, that seems like a really solid pairing.
1: I don't, I don't want to drag on, but but if I can just throw out there real quick, the the, the chocolate mix that, that would go into a mocha, that's, that's basically all, all mocha. It's, it's a cappuccino with some chocolate in it. Um, love that. I think the vanilla uh, does what I was talking about. I would, would have wanted to do with the coconut. Again, it, it would linger. It would be kind of adopted by the cigar. You'd continue to get the vanilla there. Yeah, that that sounds like a fantastic pair. All
0: right, uh, Mike Hagen's uh, got the shade with a local Southern Swells strawberry peach milkshake IPA. Wow, that's uh, I don't know about the strawberry. I think that might throw it off yep. for me. What do you What
2: do you think of that, Randall? I
0: can get down with the peach. I can get down with the milk, the shake, and the I and the P and the A.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jordan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the milkshake uh, element of it, you know, that lactose, that sweet milkiness, it would really, you know, maybe emphasize the, the creaminess from the cigar. You might pick up um, some additional creaminess than we were picking up with our pairings. I like that a lot. I'm, I, I am i am going to lean kind of more towards Jordan's take that the fruit might overtake the whole pairing and may, m- maybe uh, cover up some of that away wafer, some, some, some of that sexiness of the cigar, uh, but uh, to, to the point that you made with the 90 minute and I never got to get into that. but uh, but yeah, you you're drinking a pretty bitter. Uh, uh, expression of an IPA in the 90 minute, and the nice thing about the the hazy version of the IPA that uh, with the milkshake version is it's all aromatics. So you don't have that bitterness, and so you don't have that that uh, contrasting character that that's drawn you to a thumbs down on your pairing, Eric. So uh, I think uh, I think that's a pretty good pairing still as well.
2: I, I I got this thing, boys. I gotta say I I cannot stand peach flavor i don't mind eating a peach i don't mind eating a peach but i don't like peach as a flavor especially in beer to me it always tastes perfumey it can i can never oh i can never get that out and and it's just to me it's off-putting do you remember like how popular for a while i think it was a sierra nevada like uh peach way back i'm talking way back it was like a peach something uh, Sierra Nevada and everybody was was drinking it I, I couldn't stand it it's just to me that peach note just always tastes so perfumey Randy I don't know I can that is a perfect adjective I couldn't agree with you
1: more perfumey is, mm-hmm. it, uh Peach can be overpowering. It, it, it can be done well in really uh, light additions, like micro dosing. <laughs> right, right. Micro dose the peach. Uh, white peach can somewhat be uh, sometimes be a little bit more subtle. Nectarine is something that I feel like uh, uh, is is somewhere in between citrus and. And and uh, stone fruit, uh, you, you know, I, I'd feel more comfortable with that. But yeah, peach can be very perfumey. I'm with you on that.
2: All right, we got All one right. more.
0: So mm-hmm. Kevin Acuff, Hall of Famer, says uh, a- Bellini a- Double Wood with an Undercrown Shade Suprema. Ooh.
2: All right, so he's going Scotch. Ooh, going Scotch. Um, I don't. I seem we seems like to me I mean, sc- if
0: you're going to go Scotch, you might as well go bourbon. Seems so to me I Scotch like would be
2: overpowering on this particular cigar, in my opinion. Now, Kevin, you can let us know what you thought you didn't say he didn't say if he, he liked neither. it or not. he might right, not have right. liked it, but in my opinion R- I don't think scotch would be a great uh, pairing with this particular cigar R-
1: Remind me guys, what is the supreme vitola is Is that not a Solomon
0: yeah, it's like a Solomon
1: it is right? I love that Vitola. The Belvini, I will say, as far as scotches go, you, uh, like on the surface, I agree with you guys. I well, I, I won't agree with J- Jordan that if you're gonna drink scotch, you might as well drink <laughs> bourbon. They, they're, they're different beverages. They, bro. Yeah, just like, one's better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I'm a big Belvini fan, and I feel like their scotches actually are on the less intense side. So I think that there is a chance that he snuck this one in without overpowering it. It would be okay. interesting to hear uh, his his review of that because I'm I'm taking kind of a wild guess, but my experience with Belvini is it's it's pretty. Um, it's pretty like moderate in its intensity uh, he obviously says that it didn't overpower it that there was a lot of sweetness that it brought and some caramel if you throw it up one more time Jordan sorry Oh. Um, oh it, it brought uh, some caramel which, which kind of goes back to what we talked about with the beer butterscotch and fruity sweet finish I like it. I, can I see it I, I like it. I'm, I, I'm
0: intrigued. Yeah, I can see it working. Yeah.
2: Now, I would say though, out of those three, uh, if we were going to pick a winner, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm so competitive, no, we, we weren't
0: going to do it, but now we're doing it. Uh, I would a go T-town trucker. I think, I think, think that's the the best. The the T-town winner. trucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I,
2: I, I think we we on, uh, we overwhelmingly on paper.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and and we've we've learned I and mean, we've shown anybody that follows this show. We we've learned that what. What works on paper doesn't always add up in real life. Right, and we've been surprised plenty of times. We've been we yeah. we've thought we've gone into a bad pairing and been blown away with the results. Uh, but on paper, I'm I'm with you on, uh, on this one, Eric. I think the uh, the, the mocha uh, is, is on paper probably the best
2: of those three. Jordan, did we have a poll this week or no? We
0: did. Okay. Uh, you know, I was winning it unfortunately <laughs> for a second there. And now I'm not, so I was kind of holding on. To see if I brought it back, but uh, so we in last place. Sensei, yes, with fourteen percent.
2: Our audience, our audience is, is was wising up. Good job, because you guys picked it right. Yeah, I should have, I should have been at the bottom. Good job.
0: In first place is Randy with forty five percent at forty one. I think that's. Come on, I think
2: Randy should have won. I think that's the best pick. Uh, that just goes to show how smart our audience is getting, yeah, Randy. They're they're yeah. picking up on wow, these things. I like we're, it. Yeah, that that's a good pick. I'm I I support that decision. I think Jordan's is is no, good, but it's just solid. It's just the solid no, one. No, I do. Right, think,
0: right. I think Randy. Did, yeah. Did, did yeah, the better pick. So now, Randy. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad we're getting
1: to a yeah. point where, where 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 this isn't just like a popularity contest that they're actually <laughs> making an <laughs> uh, uh, informed a decision <laughs> based on. Uh, yeah, an informed decision. Per- perfectly said. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely um, uh, recommend this pairing. This is something you guys should all try at home. Uh, recommend to your friends. Uh, again, if you have non-smoking friends that, that are afraid of, you know, uh, too big of flavors, um, especially if they do like the, the bourbon flavor, because uh, I, I, I highly recommend if you're going with a Kentucky Mule, to go heavy on the bourbon, you know, you don't yeah. want to lose that bourbon flavor. Again, the fever tree that I use is a very, very spicy, very strong ginger um, that can overpower the bourbon, and you lose the bourbon in this cocktail. You you got to put enough bourbon now, in there to really taste that. In my bourbon experience,
0: flavor. Randy, to keep that bourbon alive, what I do instead of you had a pretty tall Collins glass there, I keep it a little smaller, sure. and I and you know halfway through the drink. I top up the ginger beer and I top up the bourbon to keep the whole thing kind of lively.
1: Uh, I don't even know how to respond <laughs> to that. Okay. I think, All right, I think so, it's the uh, way to go. so 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 I, I pre- it's always good. To, it's always uh, good
2: to top off your bourbon. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, Randy, uh, no Randy, real quick, uh, two two days yo, from yo. from tonight, uh, Matt Booth will be on Smoke Night Live. Perfect. So uh, we'll be doing some fun stuff with the good old Matt Booth from Room One Hundred and One Brand. Booth. He's always interesting. What is happening no. a week from tonight on Flavor Odyssey?
1: No, great. Uh, thank you for that. Excited about uh, you guys have have a great run. You know, Steve Saka last week, Boofy this week. These are these are classic members of, uh, of the industry. Excited to hear about uh, from Matt. We are going to continue on our third segment. No, our third. Our third shade. Uh, selection of shade segment of our fifth season. I don't know what season or <laughs> segment <laughs> The we're selection on. of uh, the segment <laughs> of the
0: run of the lake. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: I, the- I, I confused myself with the whole thing. We're going to continue on the shade segment next week. With a really off-the-beaten path, as, as it is the only one that I've ever even heard of, as Aganorsa Leaf has developed a shade-grown Maduro. We're going to talk a little bit about that and why that is so different than anything else anyone does. We're doing the Aganorsa Leaf Signature Series Maduro with their shade, their proprietary shade-grown uh, Corojo Maduro-wrapped cigar. Next week on our Shade Grown, and cannot wait to uh experience that with you guys as the odyssey continues boom
0: was that like the we'll see you guys <laughs> next week thanks for joining us